So the track we just heard was called Metronome, and that's off of Polarizer, my guest for this episode's latest full length that was released last fall, um, Love from the Underground, and uh, really excited to have uh, Ian, the guitarist and one of the main songwriters, and Taylor, the vocalist and lyricist for the band on um, and, and why this is kind of a big deal for me is that Polarizer was the very first band I actually featured when I started doing podcasting with Rock in Chicago back in 2012. So it's cool to have them on 10 years later is kind of um, see how they've been holding up and to dig into this fantastic album that they just dropped last year. Um, one of my favorite albums of 2021 that came out and um, it's one of those albums that in this day and age, I can put on listen to front to back, and um, each one of the, the songs is just really strong. It's good songwriting, good energy, um, n- nicely paced album, and they just did a great job all around with the production um, and everything. So uh, in this episode, we're going to get into learning more about uh, what they've been up to uh, recently and the making of Love from the Underground. So without further ado, uh, let's dig in. Uh, I, I wanted to talk through um, just kind of get some background on uh, the album itself. How did the, the it come about and what was sort of the, yeah, what was, I guess, what was the, the genesis of, of putting that together? We are always like writing songs um, and we're, it's, it, we find it pretty easy to put together material. Um, I mean, obviously like working on it and kind of fine tuning, it takes, you know, a lot, a lot more work, but there's, there's lots and lots of ideas. There's always ideas. And, uh, we, I I think we, we got this lineup together in about, uh, Taylor was at 2016. Uh, well it started. Yeah. I mean, Schiller's first show with us was Lincoln hall in June of 2015, but Chet was still in our band for another few months. So it was like, I think it was 2015 when we like really finalized this lineup, okay. I believe. Okay. So there were some songs that we'd written um, for the previous batch of tunes that um, uh, other of those songs ended up on our, our, our uh, um, first full length, uh, The Fall on the Swell. So there were some songs left over from that that just didn't fit uh, for you know various reasons, but we're still really, really good. So we kind of hung on to some of those ideas. But, um, you know, like I said, there's a lot of ideas in the band and uh, Jonathan Schiller joined yeah. on, on drums and, you know, John plays, he plays guitar as well. Uh, he sings really well, which, you know, anybody who's seen him right. perform knows. You so, guys get those harmonies going. It's, 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 it's yeah. awesome. Right. Yeah, he's, right. He's a jack of all trades and he's good at all right. of them. Right. So he, he actually contributed some of, uh, you know, some of the kind of original kernels of music too. He wrote, uh, you know, some of the guitar parts for, for some of the songs that he just had had on his own and brought it to the band and we kind of crafted it together. So, um, you know, get, getting him in helped. And uh, like Taylor said, we had Chet working with us for a while. Chet's great. He moved out of town. Um, and then we got our, you know, old good buddy, Chris Shen, um, right. Chicago scene veteran and, and so many uh, uh, really good uh, rock bands, and he's another person where he, I mean, he plays guitar, he plays bass, right? He, he has a really good ear for arrangements. So great writer, um, yeah, yeah. We got those guys in, and, and really everyone's contributing ideas. So they they came really okay. really fast. Um, 
you know, we, we could, we could just do nothing but write all the time and (laughs) right. Yeah. Right. So that's, that's kind of how, how things came together. Some of them were, were a little more individual, um, as they started, but um, we, we hammer everything out in a room together and, you know, okay. people uh, give ideas on, on other instruments and what they play. It's, uh, it, you know, it's, it's a good room for, for feedback. It's a good room for yeah. the best idea wins, um, you know. So like, like I said, it was it was pretty effortless, you know, honestly, putting together songs with, with this group. So that's a pretty huge shift. I think the last time we talked was right around the time that Shen had just joined in 2015, I think it was, or 2016, uh, some, some in between there a while ago. Right. Um, but yeah, I, I, at the time it was more of like, I mean, Ian, you were kind of doing a lot of the sort of the work around kind of putting things together and the writing and all that. Um, and also like, I, I think what I was listening to at the time too, is before fall in the swell came out, um, there is a lot of uh, just you're, you're doing a lot of your stuff on your own with that. Um, but now things have really sort of blossomed as you guys became uh, this uh, quintet um, and having the, the key players in place too really seems to have made a difference with like dynamics and just flow. Um, and, you know, having this more, I would say like Democrat stuttering here. Sorry. I've had too much coffee. Uh democratized process or not enough right it's that double-edged sword of is it too much or is it not enough what are we trying to do tonight right um so um yeah and i I think that's the one with with that and just those those two key players coming in with Schiller and shen um it, it just really puts you guys in a different space sonically you know i mean not in a cliche literal sense, but like just you guys were able to move your, your sound forward on a lot of different fronts with that. Um, what way did you guys decide to go work with a bass player? Because that was something when you guys initially started was like kind of like you didn't want one, you know, you just wanted to have like the synth bass doing stuff or you were doing stuff with effects and all that. Yeah, know you know what? choice was it taylor i don't know if we ever really sat down and talked about it that was just the personnel we had and you're just like you know these are the people so we'll do whatever to to make it work on the technical end but okay i I don't know if we ever uh sought to do that but that's that is how it ended up you know yeah (laughs) i'll for the better i think we were hoping i think we were hoping at the time i mean it was just me Ian and Ben coming from Arma, wondering what to do. Right, we right. had Stan coming here. Everyone knew him. We liked him. Obviously, I, I go way back with him. And I think we were thinking, like, we want this to be different, right? And, like, if we can have the keys kind of provide the low end yeah. without us having to just do the typical thing. Like, we really wanted that to work. And I'm not saying it didn't for a while, but interestingly enough, the first time we ever played with a bass player right. uh, was when we got onto the Elbow Rooms Halloween show where they have all the different uh, bands performing tribute acts. And right. we wanted to do U2 and we just couldn't do it uh, with keys. And so we had Shen join us yeah. uh, on stage with bass. And I think it had been the first time we had played with bass in a while in a rehearsal room. And once he like literally plugged in, I was like, oh man, we changed are, the energy, uh, huh? Yeah. We're really missing missing this. And um, and it just kind of worked worked out afterwards. Like I, I completely agree with Ian. We worked with what we had. It wasn't like we didn't seek out Shen. We didn't ask him to join the band. Right, but, right, right, right. Um the old bass player from Arma, Ben's good friend Mike, uh our, my fr- our friend too. We we all played together. Um 
he was like looking to get back into music and we were like, Oh, well we don't have a bass player. And we all like Mike, that sounds great. Um, and then that, that was the lineup until Ben left and then Mike left shortly after. And then we were like, well, you know, we kind of had, uh, Shen and Schiller in, in our back pocket. Shen and Schiller and I were in another project. Yeah. Also with Chad, also with Stan, like kind of all these bands uh, kind of borrowing from each other. And so we, we had kind of developed a little bit of that chemistry outside of just the friendship yeah, uh, and so yeah. when we had that vacancy, it was it was a no brainer. And like Ian and Shen go go way back over a decade of friendship, and um, so it, it was just it's perfect. Like this is this is the lineup. It was it was supposed to be. All right. Yeah. yeah, the energy's just just different too. Like Schiller brings yeah. an element that nobody else could possibly bring. This like youthful energy. It's like watching the the Muppet Band and how you're just he's animal. watching animal. He, he's he, animal. He is. I mean, live. Yeah, he's got so much passion when he's playing with you guys. And he's yeah, yeah. and he really just drives. Schiller, right. It is. Yeah. He's, yeah, he's never not live. That's right. the thing with the <laughs> rehearsal. Like it's it's wonderful if you're watching it, but I mean, God, if you're in a rehearsal space for a minute, uh, you definitely feel it. But in a good oh, way, yeah. most of the time. Um, and then and then Shen, look, just like legendary scene member, right? Like we're Absolutely. we're honored to get to play with him, and he's so humble and keeps us humble. And uh, so yeah, man, it's it's it was a road to get here, but uh, it's definitely the. I'm not I'm not surprised this group was able to make this album. Yeah, no, it, it's fantastic. So the selections of songs that you guys came up with for um, the final release, was that something you guys worked with your producer on? Or how did you um, how did you arrive on that set of material? Because it sounds like you guys are really adept at just continuously writing and creating as you're you know, either playing out or you're kind of normal band mode. I was just kind of curious it's, what the calling process is. Yeah, we had, I mean, I don't know, Taylor, maybe 15 contenders kind of around. And I think it was 18, like 16 18? to 18. Yeah, it was yeah. really, it was not easy. <laughs> there's there's a lot of ways to, to pick an album. You know, what what is an album and what's just right. all the songs you have. And we wanted it to be an album. Um, right. What we ended up doing, because I mean, everyone has a lot of good input and, and everyone's opinion is super valuable. So we ended up just kind of being, uh, we decided, you know, some of these songs we all feel strongly about it we know they're we know they're gonna they're gonna be in the the running order and then we kind of just voted after that which you know, i don't know if people do this often or not but it worked for us because you know someone was going to be unhappy with with any of them being you know any particular song being left off so we just yeah we just kind of threw it up to uh, uh the vote and trusted in it and and that was the selection we got and uh, I, I know taylor you had um probably more input into to kind of the flow in the order um well you know. the one key piece you're missing from that story which which is the only way i will ever do the um album like process again eric like the democratic process you mentioned is like so we did that right everyone put like the songs they wanted in a hat and the five that got the most votes because there were five of us. Uh, no, they're, we, they're like, I think it was like, we wanted an 11 song album and there were five of us. So we did six by ah. voting. The ones that got the top six. And then right. every member of the band <laughs> got to pick one song. Okay. So if you if there was one you felt really, really strongly about, you chose it and that that got on, which spoke to like how much we liked all of the music. Right. Um, but so that's how it was. And so like to, to Ian's point, like, where someone's going to feel hurt. Like, you know, you either kind of like picked it. Like I went last when we were choosing and Schiller picked the song that I would have had to have picked if that one didn't make it on. So I was like, so relieved that I got to like pick a different one. It's like playoffs, um, so, right? 
but yeah, so that was awesome. And I'm yeah. super proud of, of that process. Yeah. Um, I don't remember what my song was. I do remember the one that Schiller picked, which was Sink Into the Ghost. I don't remember the one that I picked. But uh, when it came to the recording process, um, the the song, the the bit that I do like is we I got to the studio and the one song that we weren't sure if was going to make the album was Glow, um, which is, pro- I don't know, probably what, seven or eight songs in. And so like we we had done a lot of work to it to try and like make it shorter and more concise and like a little more fun. Um, and it was it was there. It was like pretty much there. And so but we went in the studio, um, you know, we had done all the music for it because uh, we had done a lot of the recording ourselves. And so we had gone to Rack Track and I was working with Noam, who we've worked with for a long, long time, Noam Wallenberg. Yeah. And um, and he was so I go and he's like, so what are you working on tonight? I was like, I'm ready to do glow. He's like, listen, you know what I was thinking about it is like, we're not going to do glow. He's like, it's uh, it's not that strong of a song. He's like, and you guys already have um, eventually you which is kind of in that vibe so um we're not going to do that and i was like dude like we're yeah. going to do that song and that was interesting because like no no i'm also like you know he and i are so close he would almost like you know right. if i like had any inkling to do it he would have been like okay but he was like no we're not and that was one where normally i would trust his opinion because he's always right um but i was like no we are and we recorded it was an amazing session we flew through it and um I think Ian Ian and I talk about how one of our like favorite moments on the whole album is when it kicks into the outro there. So I'm like so thrilled that we have it because I do think it gives us like another dimension. So those are only two big stories I can think of as far as like the order. Yeah, I, I felt like that was also pretty democratic, but I might be mistaken there. Huh. It, well, you guys landed on a really cool pacing. Um, one of the things that you, you hear on, you know, bands from, you say, back in the day or classic albums is it's not so much a, it's just a collection of songs that are just thrown together but um you know there are bands who pay attention to the whole concept of the album and like look at how the tracks pacing like fit with each other and you guys nail that there too as well i was actually on a run this morning i was listening to the album and it really just all the songs flow together really nicely i didn't get a sense of like there's any kind of disconnect or just a downer vibe where there shouldn't be like you really got like a nice flow for that. So I was really curious as to, um, you know, if, if, you know, your guys, are like a, like a brackets or a playoffs process for getting the stack of the order, right. Or, you know, <laughs> curious about that. I know there was some lyrical um, decisions there. Okay. Um, the album is so like a book ended. Okay. Um, so sinking of the ghost and dead can sing uh, share some lyrics and they're both songs that we finished putting together right after chris cornell died oh okay. and he was he was my absolute hero growing up and like the reason i wanted to sing and push myself and like you know try and develop a range like early on i was like of course i want to try and sound like my favorite so he died like really tragically uh, through like a mental health crisis, right. like immediately after I had suffered a mental health crisis and it like hit so hard. And we had these two like pieces of music that, that the team had put together and um, dead can sing was this like super ballady one uh, and uh, really like heartfelt and kind of longing. And then sinking of the ghost was like, 
like confused and more manic and angry, which which was a pretty accurate way I think a lot of us yeah. were feeling in the wake of that. So um so that that to me was a conscious decision. And then sonically, you know, that was just good luck that sinking of the ghost has that nice intro and dead yeah. can sing and so uh epically. Um so I, I don't know. And then as far as flow, like I feel like I knew I wanted eventually you get caught to be fourth. Because I think, like, I like the idea of having, like, three, like, upbeat bangers in a row, and then you, like, introduce a new dynamic, Yeah, you know? So, exactly. I, but other, otherwise, yeah. I think, I don't know, Ian, what else do you think? Yeah, I, you know, I didn't put probably a ton of thought into it, not nearly as much as that. So, I, I think there <laughs> is a natural balance of, of, like, intensity levels in what we do. So, yeah. there's, there's always a variety of different kind of uh, moods to choose from. Um, so I just think it probably just took a little, little bit of finessing, make sure we don't, you know, have several ragers in a row or where we don't do the kind of mid tempo moody thing, you know, for, for too long. Um, because that's, that is one of our groups that we hit, you know, we, <laughs> we, 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 that's, that's a part of our sound. That's really important, but I, I think we, uh, try to, try to explore enough different sounds. And, and on this album, we certainly did, you know, we, we, with, uh, like phases of the moon, um, that's that's definitely kind of a new sound that we added to what we do. So we definitely had enough of a mix where we just we just tried not to keep it, you know, too samey, you know, several in a row. But any other threads or connection other than that, and then what Taylor mentioned is, you know, maybe that's kind of in the, the mind of the listener, you know, the impression you get as, as you listen to it, which, you know, hopefully you do get kind of, a, you know, a picture in your head or a narrative that forms, uh, you know, maybe not, maybe it's just music. Um, and that's okay. That's, that's enough. But, um, I've always liked albums that kind of, you listen to it beginning to end often enough, and that just becomes the order. It becomes meaningful just because that's the way you experience it. And, right. You know, maybe, maybe somebody will have that reaction to this. Yeah, absolutely.
such beauty The image of her face refused him sleep Suddenly his pieces were a burden He traveled to his depths to find relief and over herself had perched her mantle Herself too hard to find When the vapor trail she left for him to follow Disappeared as he was steps behind through the pandemic how did that impact like you guys working together and was there any anything that impacted the sort of the, the process with uh, getting the album together like i guess the the practical issue is that we had uh so march 2020 we we had our final you know recording masters in um we we worked on the artwork and got that kind of so you guys were down. done okay yeah. yeah, it was in the can. We were going to wow. book a, a release show and we were all very excited about it. And it, I, already at that point, it represented, you know, probably three years of work. So we, we were really ready to get it out there and 
and then the, the world shut down like it did for everybody. So that's that's probably why it, it's been such a long between that and, and the previous record we released. Honestly, it just it just made it even longer. But oh, okay. um, you know, it, it slowed down just like everybody. I mean, on a, on a practical level, uh, we we decided not to keep our our rehearsal room um, just because it was a really tiny uh, spot and it wasn't well ventilated, and uh, we didn't we didn't feel like it was necessarily safe and. You know, we're, we're, we're five relatively, you know, healthy people, but they're family members you have to consider as well. Absolutely. And we, yeah. There are all these things that we hadn't had to consider before. So um, we just kind of put everything on pause. We, we you know, figure when, when this thing's done in a couple of months or whatever, we're going we're gonna to have that big release show. Okay. In the pit, yeah. I think Ian already touched on the fact that we, like, had the album ready to go. Yeah. We're probably waiting till spring to put it out there, you know, after like the thaw. Um, and then it was just like we had the songs ourselves, which was great. Um, I was, I'm glad we at least finished it. Like, I feel very grateful we had that done in time. Um, but then we were like, we're not going to talk about it at all. It's so insensitive between the pandemic and everything with George Floyd um, and just kind of the general tone of everything through the election, really. Uh, we're just like, well, we're just kind of sit on this until things feel a little bit better. Um, and so it was a whole other year even <laughs> after that, uh, before things started to normalize. Like, you know, we weren't getting together that much. Uh, when we did, it was fantastic. I spent the first six months of the pandemic out in Boston um, with my wife and our co-parent because um, my son was out of daycare. So I wasn't even in the city. But when we did come back, the band would always get together. We would rent space at Fort Knox, uh, where we have a spot now. And we would just rent like one of their like airplane hangar sized rooms because it was the ones that were like that would allow us to stand so far apart. And we wanted to be really sensitive to that. So um so those times were really great, but that's really all we had. And so it was kind of when we were able to start getting together more regularly and it felt like we were, you know, a, a band again. Uh, there was like, all right, let's put a plan for this. And Ian put together this excellent artwork. We were psyched to get out. Um, and so it just, it finally came together. Um, and so for, as far as a band, like it was just, it was just a complete lost year um, but we did okay. Like staying in touch. And like I said, we, you know, we did all, make an effort to get together when we could and we we you know feel far away from each other and, and you have that piece of work you all just put so much time and energy into that like really connected you through that period too so it was like okay this is still very real it's just on hold right now while everyone deals with their own stuff you know yeah it felt like too big an accomplishment to to really you know kind of just let sit there forever but then again i mean if we'd known that it would have been like a is a multi-year you know deal with the pandemic like i don't know we might have gotten <laughs> our hopes dashed earlier and maybe we wouldn't have uh you know been harder to stick with it but you know we always felt like it was it was just about to start getting better and you have to kind of uh think that way you know in, yeah, in trying times sometimes so we we always felt like there was going to be uh you know it, it was going to clear up pretty soon so that that kept us going um yeah finally with the, the album release it it kind of coincided with our our 10th anniversary and we, we didn't know there was no show because things started closing up again and we just said you know what this is this is it we're going to put it out because 
um, you know, we, we're very proud of it and we, it just needs to be out in the world now. You know, we, we, we want to kind of, you know, continue what we're doing and move further down the road. So we're, okay. we're just going to make it available. Um, we're going to, we're going to promote it, you know, however we can. Um, and, and we're going to enjoy it the whole rest of our lives. Um, but it, it definitely wasn't like a traditional, you know, cycle in terms of, of releasing a record. So is, is it ideal? No. Is it perfect? No. But, um, we, we just knew that we, we felt really strongly about it. I mean, a lot, a lot of, you know, effort went into it. A lot of emotion went in, into it. And I mean, we, we really felt like as we were putting it together, that was kind of like our capstone achievement. I mean, this is kind of what we've been working yep. for. I mean, the, the production value was yeah, absolutely as yeah. good as anything, you know, we, we listened to and we felt like the, the yeah. songs were good. We felt like we'd kind of found our sound. I, th- I think we really kind of hit on, on, on kind of what made us unique, maybe on the record prior. Um, but we yeah. didn't want to just do that. Uh, we, you know, like, like we'd mentioned with the new, new members, um, that just yeah. changed the sound and, and we just kind of went, went bigger and went more anthemic on, on some of those things. So we, we were all very happy with, with what it represented. We didn't know if we, you know, is the pandemic going to go on forever? You know, who knows if we're going to make another one, but so we just decided, you know, what, it's, it's time for the rest of the world to hear it. And, and we'll, we'll share it with as many people as we can and, you know, keep writing songs after that point. So um, that, that actually segues really well into sort of the next thread. And, and that's just really like wondering, all right, the album is out and yeah, like I, as a, as a fan as somebody who's known you guys for a bit, like it, it's, it is. It's. I would say it's definitely so far your masterpiece or your magnum opus. You know, um, it, it, it's an album I can put on and listen to front to back, and just you know, it it, it just it, it has that really cool flow and that. But it, you know, it makes me wonder. Okay, so what what is on the horizon now for Polarizer? What do you what do you guys want to do? I mean, you talked about writing more material, but are you looking at getting back into playing again? Or, or are you in a place where you're thinking about possibly touring or what, what have you guys are kind of envisioning for your, yourselves? Well, I just had dinner with Shen uh, <laughs> like an hour and a half ago and we were talking about it. Yeah. And um, the subject of shows came up and he was like, the last time we played an original show yeah. was December of 2019. I was like, no way. I was like, no way. I was like, we've gotten yeah. together. We played because we've rehearsed a ton. Uh, we played shows. Yeah. But he was like, no, the last time we played like our own music, because we did um, an awesome show last August out in Addison. Yeah. Um, and uh, but that was like, I don't think I think we may have played one or two of our songs. The rest of them were uh, covers. Right. So I like when he said that, like I hadn't been like dying to come back out and play a show. Um but he said that now i'm like i we need to do this because tegan's point like yeah. like you know these songs are, are really really well produced like they are credit to know him and, and and ian and everyone who like really put the, the work into yeah. producing it uh, yeah. but live the songs like maintain that energy and, yeah. and we really enjoy playing them so much like we celebrate every little like in the in the wait the waning moments of sound after every song we play in rehearsal 
there is just this like moment that it just like sets in before we just everyone turns around and nods and like we like to be able to like kind of uh for lack of a better word like unleash that on stage uh, yeah. is is now very much since he mentioned that uh a feeling that i miss so yeah. i would love to get a couple of shows in maybe like a few small like warm-up ones to just get back in the habit of loading in <laughs> and loading out and staying up late um <laughs> get get like the feel for that and then maybe have a bigger one later but, uh, cool i guess on a practical level i mean some of the places that we typically play have are closed gone. yes so you know the world has definitely changed and yep. you know we're, we're two years older and and other other things have happened in, in life so we're not really concerned about uh you know, the scale of it necessarily. It's, it's, this is really something that we share between the five of us and yeah. we just want to do it as well as we can and, nice. and whatever environment that is, uh, whatever opportunity we're given. So, um, you know, it's, whether it's, it's a club or whether, whether it's doing kind of a festival thing like we did last August, I mean, it's, yeah, it, 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 we kind of get the same amount of enjoyment from from all those different situations and um we're going to be patient with it um you know we don't we don't, we don't want to just jump on there at house of the blues um just just because it's house of blues or whatnot you know we you know the, yeah. the economics of it are, are real and um you know for for us a good show is a show where 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 you know we we have that whole room and it's and, and the room is enjoying what we're doing and that's all we we need you know it, it could be five people it could be 500 people but um yeah it's this is is probably you know you typically have a more organized plan with how to kind of um, start presenting the whole thing live. But uh, I mean, the, the world definitely got turned upside down and kind of our idea of what, what had to happen with uh, a band changed as well. Um, so th right now, this is the way that makes sense to us. I mean, we're, we're going to keep doing it, but um, you yeah. know, we don't feel a pressure to, to, uh, to travel as far necessarily or to, to play as often. We just want to make it count, you know, when we do, yeah. I, th I think that's really about where we've landed. <laughs> yeah. That's a really healthy attitude. I would say. Um, I think um, one of the, it's, it's something that's re resonated with a lot of the people I've had on a lot of the other artists as well. Um, it, it's not so much about just getting out there and playing as much or like, Oh, it's the, whatever like you're saying house of blues or, the metro or, or any just venue anymore it's that making it matter making it count because you know i think not being able to do it really you know for for like yeah it really has taken a toll on all of us as musicians as creators of not being able to have that live experience together with, with your group um myself included you know um so i i definitely yeah that that's that's that seems like a really uh, healthy way to go to look at it so Cool. That's why, like, all of my favorite shows we've played, or not all of mine, but a, it's like a really majority portion of favorite shows have been at Elbow Room. Yeah, right. For like, sure. and and throughout its entire history, like back when I first moved here, um, before I think Brian Bender got to stick his hands in it, it was kind of a mess, and the sound wasn't great, and yeah, but there was still like the community around that place was oh, yeah. great, and then the community around that place took over that place. Yes, uh, with with Brian and and Adam, and then. Right. Um, when they built it up and like was able to like make that the hub, that place became special. And like they took good care of the sound. They put like yeah. it was people in bands 
we're running the place, which is like a dream scenario. And they were really good at it because they're really good at what they do too. So it's just like, yeah. it was just great. But like, you know, we play every other place in the city that's like kind of prestigious and above ground. <laughs> and, right, uh, yeah. Uh, you know, when your favorite shows are all at Elbow, I mean, every year the Halloween show yeah. was a blast and all the yeah. other shows were like, you, know, you guys, you guys were, you guys were a stalwart of that for sure. Yeah, I remember seeing you guys quite a few times. Um, yeah. So, and you know, and you know, scenes change and and move on. But I, I think you know, you guys have able with a few other bands, um, and some of these are on the playlist that you guys curated too. Um, you've able to kind of maintain that sort of um, uh fraternity i guess you could say um or uh, kind of that group identity that you had uh as, as part of that elbow room scene and still have those connections and it's also just kind of as your your bandmates have uh, kind of come in as well and all kind of as part of that sort of uh, ecosystem that the uh, elbow room kind of fostered for that so yeah i that, that's that was a that was a time and a place man for sure so um but uh, yeah, um, I'm sure it will be back. Honestly, oh yeah, you know, yeah. One, one of us is going to make it big. Probably got, either Brian or Adam, actually, and they'll yeah. come back and buy the place. Yeah, yeah, I hope so. Or you know, um, another another seed will drop somewhere, and somebody will start building it up again. So nice. All, all nice it takes thing. is yeah, all it takes is somebody just to, to put in the time and find the the key players who want to help build that scene up. You know, so.
one other thing, I, if you guys wanted to talk about too, this is more of a personal thread and, you know, just kind of reflecting on um, kind of being fatherhood or parent as a, as a musician, sure. if you guys want to weigh in on that, something near and dear to me is I'm one as well. Um, and um, I, for me, it's really shaped my outlook on playing music and, and for myself, it's something that uh, I do with even more passion and fervor now that I have a kid into this world. Um, so now that my kid's a teenager, um, you know, for them to see, like, I'm, I'm doing my thing. Uh, they, they, they come to shows, you know, um, when they're able to, um, but I don't know if you guys wanted to talk about that or if you just want to keep it more about like your band promotional stuff, it, it's up to you, but I thought it'd be a, a cool thread to explore. Oh, for sure. I mean, we, we just, we play dad rock now. That's what it is. You know? <laughs> yeah. Whether we like it or not. And the sound yeah. didn't change. The sound no, didn't change. No, it, we're playing. it doesn't. <laughs> I, I know for me, I mean, mine is, is two right now. So she's not really aware of, uh, yeah, probably most of it. Um, for Sensory one thing, because kind of my, I have a studio set up in my basement, which is where I work during the day. So all my instruments and things are down here. So she doesn't really see me playing around the house much. Um, and when she's awake, uh, just the nature of a toddler is, is she needs, you know, we're, we're doing stuff together. We're eating or we're, we're trying to brush the brush yeah. the damn teeth or, or whatnot. So right. um, I've often wondered what she'll notice about it and what uh, she'll remember when she gets a little older. And I mean, at this point, she she probably just knows that we, you know, we listen to prog metal uh, driving home from kinder care. Ha. And at some point <laughs> she'll have a realization that, oh, I guess daddy was was a nerd about that stuff. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, you know, I don't know. Yeah, so yeah. it's it's interesting. But you know, I don't have that my relationship with her. It hasn't really started, you know, with that being conscious. But um, I mean, it, it, it's something that is every bit as important to me as it ever was. And I feel like I'm I'm still doing it with the intensity that I ever did. So yeah. um, I'm curious what she'll think of it. Maybe, you know, <laughs> maybe she'll, she'll she'll probably just think I'm a nerd and that's OK. I, I don't know. It'll, <laughs> you know. Heaven help us if she's interested in playing music, then <laughs> I'm going to probably give her all sorts of complexes by trying to, you know, force things on her. So <laughs> I, I don't know. It's for me, it's, it's pretty much what I'm doing when I'm not parenting so um right it kind of instills a, a balance a very intense balance of of i'm yeah. either doing doing music with my whole spirit or i'm it's completely off you know because i'm yeah. doing kid stuff but i don't know taylor you might have a a, a different impression on that uh, uh no it's really similar i think um yeah i mean he you know i of all the people in the world that I want to think of me as cool. He's probably number one, one A anyway. Yeah. Right. But like, he doesn't care at all. And like, you know, I, I don't like to be too self-promotional, you know, like I'll do it if I can be like sly with it. So I'm like kind of cool, but like with him, I'm just like, do you want to watch daddy's thing on stage on YouTube? Because we have all these, you know, fun live videos. And like, do you want to, do you want to do that? Or like, we'll be in the car. And right when like love from the underground came out, I'd be like, can I be like, this is your dad singing. Like, oh my God, my dad's on radio. He'd be like, yo, can we, uh, can we get in Kanto back in here or what? <laughs> I was like, all right. Yeah. <laughs> and that, you know, that, that album does slap. I'll give it that. Right. But uh, yeah. So like he, he doesn't really care. Um, he doesn't, yeah. um, he doesn't live with me full time. Okay. And um, the kind of music, 
uh, I I listen to is different from what like his his mom and his stepdad listen to. So right. he spends the most of his time there. And so when he comes back here, he's showing me new stuff that I like for sure. Like he he got me into uh, Harry Styles' Watermelon Sugar. I was nice. like, that's a good song. That yeah. is a good song. He was like singing, it, and then uh, his mom was like, Yo, do you uh, do you know what that song's about? And she told me, and I was like, Okay, hey Maddox, <laughs> like chill out, chill on that one. Um, <laughs> so. Um, but, but otherwise, like, you know, I, I just like seeing him honestly engage with music at all. Like if he requests a song to me, like at this point is honestly just as cool as him being like into one of our songs. And maybe not just as cool, but like, it's pretty cool just that he like has a relationship with music, you know, cause I, For sure. I didn't lo- like grow up, uh, until like beyond, I think high school with the same taste that I have now. Because uh, it was all like pop music and soft R and B, and that's just what I knew until yeah. like you know someone showed me the Beatles. Sadly, um, and that was I was like seventeen already. So like I didn't I didn't have any kind of relationship to it. And so the fact that he just finds any joy in it and all, I find really encouraging. Oh, that's great. Very cool. Um, yeah, for me, um, you know, my my son um, is really just exposure. You know, I didn't really sugarcoat stuff too much and I let them discover and find things they enjoyed, but it, it's been a very similar thing too. Like what you were saying, Taylor, um, you know, the things that they've gotten me into from the pop world now, which I, you know, I, how, I, how old are your kids are? Uh, so my son is 17. So I just have one. Oh, okay. So, yeah. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Um, but you know, the, the things that they're into but then they turn around and they want to learn about grunge they want to learn about the 1990s music that I, I listened to when i was coming up through high school and all that which i get a you know you get a kick out of that because it's like oh that's my music right that's from my generation but um so you know seeing your kid walk around the shirt with a nirvana shirt on or a sound garden or learning who chris cornell is and like being blown away by that it's like oh wow okay yeah, oh, yeah. right that's been yeah. force-fed a little bit <laughs> it yeah. hasn't uh it hasn't gone down easy, but it has been force-fed. <laughs> right, 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 right. Um, but yeah, that, that just that other point of uh, making your time matter, you know, for me is like, yeah, you know, when you're in your 20s and you're, you're trying to figure it out, you know, and it's like you have all the time in the world to do that. And sometimes things don't work out, but now it's like, you know, you have to make that time away from family time is like, it, it's all got to count. So um, it's cool to hear like you guys are kind of in that same headspace too. Like er- everything matters, every note matters, you know, not take it super seriously, but like you, you really have to be all in when you, when you're in that space. Um, and I think it helps make for better music, you know, cause you're just fully focused. So, um, so, um, yeah, that's, that was, that was kind of it that I had with that. I don't know if there's anything else you guys wanted to talk about with things that are coming up or, um, any other plans? If not, we can probably wrap up. Um, and then, um, yeah, I'll, I'll get to, uh, the post-production stuff. So. Yeah. I mean, I think we're just going to be promoting this the rest of our lives. <laughs> so it's, it's never going to end. We, going you know, away. we have written a lot of songs. Um, in fact, we've, we've had a really productive, probably six months. I mean, we've, we've got another album's worth already. Okay. And we all like the, the this batch I mean, I, I like it more than than the previous. Oh, you know, wonderful! Honest, honestly, I mean, it, yeah. I, I think when people hear it, they'll think it's even better. Yeah. Um, hopefully, so we're very excited about that, and that what we're doing week after week now is is just 
you're refining ideas and doing that whole thing that every band in a garage or in a basement or anything does is just you just start putting stuff together and um there's no like you know no one on the outside is telling us we need to produce something we don't have a label or someone who we owe something to this right it, 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 this is just simply what we do so we're we're writing and and i think we have some you know hopes and plans of of um recording it uh, before too long um but you know the, the the way that that uh uh you know the music distribution is now I, I does it have to be an album does you know how, how are people experiencing it i mean we're, i think we're kind of open to some different interpretations of that so right. you know, who knows what form it will take but we do have a batch of songs that we're, we're really passionate about and um definitely look forward to people hearing um hopefully not four years from now because huh. Yeah, we'll, we'll be all be quite a bit older then. But if that's what happens, we'll we'll roll with it, and we'll have we'll have a new record in four years that we'll we'll be, be real excited to, to tell you about. All right. Well, <laughs> if we have any control over this situation, which hopefully we get at least a little bit back than we've had. Um, I mean, I think we could have. You know, we went through that process before, and it took a little bit with like transitions and rewriting and being very selective from a batch. But like. I think, you know, it's, it's reasonable to expect that we kind of work on these pretty quick um, and, you know, just just enjoying the writing process again, because that's that's been the hardest part through all of it was just like, you know, our best stuff and our, the stuff that's the most fun to write and the easiest to write is when we just like are in a room and, and playing free form for like a couple of hours. And I can kind of just sit there and pick and choose and we can repeat stuff like that's how we've always done well. And like this time, a lot of people had a lot of ideas, which was cool. That's why a lot of these songs are really different. So I totally get what Ian's saying about the direction and, and everything. I, I agree wholeheartedly. Um, sorry, but uh, yeah, I, I just think um, I'm, I'm excited just to go through that process again. And cool. Kind of like, yeah, you know what I mean? So yeah. So that's a good space for you guys to be in is just constantly writing and yeah, I'm looking forward to hearing the, uh, the follow-up to um, love from the underground. So um, I, I think we could probably wrap here. If you guys are, are good with that, uh, this has been a good interview. It's good to catch up with you guys. Right. And uh, thanks so much for uh, taking the time to chat with me tonight and uh, best of luck to you. And we hope to see you out there soon. Well, thanks, man. Uh, likewise, it's been real good to talk to you. And, um, you know, you, uh, this this podcast is one of the, the cooler things that, you know, in, in the local community that that that, you know, goes out there and does a lot of good for just exposing people to different artists. Um, I mean, I, I know I've I've learned about some new people from it. So um, appreciate you doing it. I know everyone in the community does. And uh, we're, we're very, very glad to be uh, sharing this with you. All right. Sounds yeah. good. All right, guys. Thank you. Good night. See you. Have a good night. Catch you later. Bye. If you like what you heard, uh, check out polarizer.bandcamp.com where you can pick up their latest album. They're on all streaming platforms as well. And um, we'll also have a companion playlist that uh, Ian and crew curated um, as a guest list uh, to go up with this episode on rockinchicago.org along with their other links and such there. Um, we're going to close out with one last song. This one is One for One, and it's off of their latest release from Polarizer, um, Love from the Underground. Thanks so much for listening, and uh, take care.